Here it is. Again. I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. Little girl should be seen and not heard. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. We bring you an act who at first may shock you. The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey everybody, I'm Rob. I'm Joseph. Welcome to part one of the top ten albums of 1979 of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, a history of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986. It's my second favorite episode of the season. I'm really excited. Yeah. We've been just basically building up this whole season. Yeah. To, to these next couple of episodes. Um, the tension is is crazy, man. I'm telling you, you know, we did our last episode and at, while we were recording our last episode, my list was changing. I, I really, like I said to you earlier, I had to lock it down and just step mm-hmm. away because <laughs> because I'd still be working on it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So this episode, Robin, I will reveal our personal top 10 lists. And then uh, the final episode of the season is after that part two, where we reveal uh, the complete list compiled from everybody's list and the 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 submissions are starting to come in so we're really excited about that we'll actually uh talk about that in a couple of minutes but we always like to kick things off with the with the song rob and i have huddled and we've identified an album that we're pretty certain isn't going to show up on any list so we're not going to get a chance to listen to any more music um off of devo's second album We can think of no better way to start this episode than by listening to a song called Blockhead. Blockhead is off of Devo's album, Duty Now for the Future. And um, now you mentioned that you don't think they'll be on anybody's list. I got to say, man, I, I was kind of, it It didn't make my list. I'm going to give spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of, I was kind of sad by that. You know, it, it, there's just so much out this year that that is awesome. Yeah. And it was hard. Yeah. Well, I... I am not predicting it won't show up on anybody's list, but I'm pretty certain it's not going to show up on enough lists to make it onto the final list. Right. Um, right. And uh, we, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it is not on either of our lists. Uh, It is my second favorite Devo album. Um, It is the one that... um, kind of hurts the most to not include yep. <laughs> um, on my list. Uh, it's so good. 
It, it really is. Yeah. Let's kick things off right by just reminding everybody that um, we are talking about music. Music is art. And there is nothing more subjective than art, except for maybe top 10 lists. <laughs> this is an opinion show, but we do try to be mindful not to get too opinionated because ultimately we are here to celebrate this extraordinary music that was created during a pretty unique period of time. And this episode, we are celebrating the most extraordinary music that was produced in this specific <laughs> period of time, right? Serious. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. Um, Joseph, now, I mentioned that my list, I had to lock it down and walk away. Uh, mm -hmm. When did you finally finish yours? Well, I mean, I I made some slight tweaks about about two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it's funny. I had the like top and the bottom locked down. It's just the middle just kept like switching back and forth, back and forth. Those those middle four or five. Yeah. Before we get into more details about our list, let's just mention that. Uh, so we are recording this uh, about two weeks before the deadline. Uh, so there's still. Um, Plenty of time for more submissions to come in. Of course, by the time this airs, the uh, deadline will have passed. But we do have, in fact, tomorrow is when our official What's Your Favorite Album of 1979 um, episode drops. So uh, where the glut typically comes in after that, but we are getting a number of lists and they are fantastic and a testimony to how varied and excellent this year is when it comes to this kind of music. Not one list has the same album in the number one slot. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. This really is my favorite time of the season. I get so excited when a new list comes in and really excited when there's something that catches me by surprise. Yeah. So far, I've seen a number of entries that, um, you know, just make me gig giggle with glee because it's so unexpected. Like the Skids' first album showed up on somebody's list. No, nope. wow! Not see that one coming. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so many, so many absolutely um, wonderful surprises. Uh, I'm kind of keeping closer tabs on this than you are because I'm the one tabulating. So, yep. Um, you are are in for a treat when we when we finally reveal the the final list. Um, I'm very excited about it. Nice top ten list. You oh ready? Boy. Is there uh, anything else you want to touch base on before we jump in? It sure was fun having Rowan on finally. Oh God, it was so much fun having Rowan on. No, I I really hope she comes back because she's, you know, she's a blast, and uh, she and I do have. Uh, similar taste in music, but mm -hmm. when we were putting our top 10 list together, um, you know, I saw hers and she saw mine and our lists are not the same. I mean, we like the same kind of music, but you know, we've got our, got some pretty strong opinions about, about what we like mm -hmm. and how much we like it. Mm -hmm. Um, but she's also somebody that over the years has influenced me in the music that I do appreciate. So Rob, as you know, this list, kick my butt. <laughs> I am 
admitting defeat, I have failed this season. Mm-hmm. For weeks, I was absolutely just struggling with it and not getting anywhere and um, finally just gave up. So I actually have two lists. There's the real list, the personal, my personal top 10. That's the one that will go just like everyone else list towards the final list. And then um, at the end, I will really quickly reveal my list of the most notable slash significant albums of, of 1979. All right. Well, with no further ado, I think we should just start at number 10. You went first last year, so um, I think it's my turn. So my number 10, and this was actually the album that made me give up and split into two lists because um, I found my the list that I was working on um, didn't contain my favorite album from one of my favorite artists, but did contain the Japan album. Mm. And that's when I went, okay, this is, this is too cockeyed. I, I, I gotta, I gotta shift gears here. Yeah. So my number 10 <laughs> is, um, Elvis Costello in the attractions Armed forces. Well, I figured that Elvis Costello had to pop up on your list someplace. I am probably, I'm a little surprised that he is that, that, that album is, uh, you know, at 10 and not a little higher up, but, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he's in there someplace. It's just a testament to what an extraordinary year, 1979. Yeah. Is. I, I don't get that excited about it. I just, I just feel warm and happy when I listen to it. We have heard many, many, many songs off of this album. So, uh, the song that I picked to feature, uh, tonight is actually one that we've heard before, but it was like one of the very first episodes in season one. So it's been a long time. It is one of my all-time favorite songs by Elvis Costello, period. Uh, and that is a song called Goon Squad. Goon Squad is, by the way, one of my favorite Elvis Costello songs. Um, I, I don't have a lot. Uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> not, mm-hmm. As you know, I'm not a huge fan, but I love Goon yeah. Squad. I just, I love it. Um, it's it's an excellent song. Okay, throwing it to you. What is your number 10? Well, my number 10 is Three Imaginary Boys by The Cure. That low? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a big bunch of awesome music, man. I mean, wow. um, if we're to go by what gives me the most the most joy to listen to, um, I get a lot of joy out of listening to Three Imaginary Boys. The Cure is a great band, you know. They're one of my all time favorites. Wow. It, the album is is a bit rough. 
uh, which is kind of what I like about it. Um, you know, they uh, they don't quite have that that cure thing down yet, but it's you could tell that this is a band that's going to be something big, and that this sound they're going to refine and they're going to, you know, they're going to make they're going to make awesome headlines with it. So um, it's still an important album to me and it's still quite enjoyable, but, uh, but there's a lot of enjoyable albums in this bunch. So are we going to hear a song off this album? Yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, this is a song called Meat Hook. So, Rob, you're telling me that there is a chance that, and probably this season would be the only possibility of this, that a Cure album might be higher on my list than on your list? (laughs) Well, that doesn't sound right, does it? No. (laughs) I'm not sure that the fabric of time and space can handle that, Rob. (laughs) Hey, uh... You know, here's the thing. Like I said, I had to lock the list down and walk away. If I had more time to play with it, I probably would have changed things. Um, and, and I really, I really do feel like this top ten list is the order of which these albums gave me the joy that they did. So, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's 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 such a cool little album. Um, I I like it a lot. Okay, let's move on to my number nine, um, an album that actually started at my number four, because uh, I'm I've always this whole season I've been so excited about it. But once I started listening to it side by side with the other albums on my list, it just kept going down and down. And then mm. when I decided that I would have two lists, that kind of bumped it down a little bit more. Um, and that is Bill Nelson's Red Noise with Sound on Sound. What, what a great album, nonetheless. Oh, a fantastic album. The The energy is so high. I like the new wave elements mixed with the still very rough energy and aggressiveness. And the the production is not like super clean. It's got this very like analog quality to it um, that almost sounds like it's recorded in a studio but recording the band live um, which may may actually be the case I I have no idea um, and it's it's you know new wave and we're gonna see this especially once we get into like 84 85 86 
where new wave really drifts over to this the sort of bland unenergetic um too smooth too well produced yeah commercial um, that yeah that just doesn't excite me that much this is the kind of new wave the you know it's it still feels a little dangerous um yeah so we we of course I've been talking about this album uh, the whole season and playing songs whenever I got an opportunity. Uh, but we haven't heard yet. We haven't heard the um, most successful single off of this album. I don't think it was a, a real hit anywhere, but it is the song that this album is primarily known for. And that is a song called Furniture Music. I get so tired of my room. You're absolutely right about the uh, that sound. You know, when you said that it, it still sounds a little bit dangerous. It's not as polished. It's not as commercial sounding or overproduced. Um, it's it's got a really cool kind of rough edged sound. I dig it. Yeah. Well, this was um, this was probably the most polished song on the, on the album, album and mm -hmm. you know was released as a single but just a just a really cool inventive catchy scruffy little new wave album which is exactly the way i like it so. nice nice okay number number nine to you what do you got for me uh, I'm going to keep surprising you, I think. Uh, number nine is Iggy Pop's New Values. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, I, I'm sure it doesn't surprise you that Iggy Pop is on my list, but I'll tell you what, it sure as hell surprised me that it was at number nine. <laughs> ah. um, uh -huh. So this album was my number four favorite Iggy album. Mm. Um it's it's Iggy Pop being real confident, being kind of cocky, um, and it, it is one of my obviously it's one of my very favorite albums of 1979. Um, but there's there just happens to be a song on on the album that I, I don't really want to get into. There's just a song that kind of almost ruins the album for me. Um, yes, we've talked about it in the yeah, past. We we, yeah. we talked about it during the um, deep dive episode. Right. Right. And so if it weren't for that song, I think this album would be so much higher. It would definitely be in my top five. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that Iggy Pop here is is kind of kind of a genius. And 
a lot of people think he's he's either playing dumb or he's just flat out you know they just don't get it but i i think he's amazing on this album and uh and i really really like it and the more i listen to it the 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 more joy it brought me so i'm like well it's got to go in the top 10 so yeah if if i remember correctly this is one of the iggy pop albums where the highs are some of Iggy Pop's all-time highs. Absolutely. And then there are some just painful moments on this album. Yeah. But very dramatic and dynamic. Very. An extremely very. dynamic album. This is <laughs> the this is the album with um, "Endless Sea" on it, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a classic. Yeah. Well, uh, so I actually chose a song to play off of this Mm -hmm. album, and I think we should go ahead and listen to Endless Sea. Above us is a dirty sky Full of fumes and liquors A little girl, a little guy Well, yeah, pretty much that's all I have to say about the new values in Iggy Pop. I mean, he's he's still tops on my list. He's always going to be there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, what's what's next on yours? Number eight. Um, I mentioned the middle of my list kept fluctuating around, and this is this is one of the albums. Um, it is Wire's triumphant third release, 154. Um, this really is an extraordinary album. I I just um, was listening to it again this afternoon. And, you know, when I was trying to figure out what song to feature off of it, and I just got lost in it. I was, you know, I was only expecting to spend five minutes just kind of sampling the songs, figuring out. And then I just, oh, no, I'm listening to the whole album again for the, (laughs) I don't know, 800th time or whatever. Um, Just uh, Wire is amazing. Um, And this, there are some really neat things going on in this on this album um let's listen to one of the many excellent songs off of this extraordinary album i i really do feel like of the 
the original trilogy, this is the Wire album that gets overlooked the most. I think it's the one that you have to spend the most time with before it clicks into place. Um, so if if you are a fan of the first one or two of their albums I, I and not connecting with this, just give it some more time. Uh, and I promise it's going to grow on you. Um, this is this is a one-of-a-kind album for sure. So the song that I picked is a song called A Mutual Friend. I love I love wire and I am just totally totally uh, jazzed that you you have them on your list man um, I don't know that's great I am gonna be I, I'm taking notes as you're giving me your list I'm just writing them down and I'm gonna have to go back and listen to all to, to all these albums that you're giving me as your list just just to kind of get in your shoes and kind of feel what you're feeling um, yeah I don't know it's it's amazing it's a lot of good stuff. A little little spoiler alert. Um, this album has appeared on a couple of submissions that we've gotten so far. Nice. Um, so so there is, I'm always happy to see the uh, redheaded stepchild of Wire's original trilogy getting some love. Fantastic. Uh, well, going into my number eight is an album by Tubeway Army. This is Replicas. And it's, uh, to me, it's very consistent, you know? It's a very consistent album. The electronic instrumentation is pretty amazing. Uh, and there's always something about Gary Newman's voice that that kind of, you know, in connection with the music that kind of pulls me in. It's It's... I don't, I don't know what it is. It's, uh, it's almost disturbing, <laughs> but, um, but I, and I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan the more I listen to, mm. to his stuff. So this is, um, a pretty good album. I yeah. still, still prefer the debut, um, to this. And I, th I think I like the pleasure principle maybe a little bit better than this one as well, but it's still a great album. Uh, well, I, I picked a song off of this album I'm hoping that we can listen Excellent. to. Excellent. Uh, it must have been years. Right after the 
So the question that is always asked for this album when you're talking about a specific song is, does it have guitars? And the answer, of course, is yes, it does. And some <laughs> just fat, gnarly bass, which yeah, is the best serious. kind of bass. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> okay, we ready to move on? Let's go on, yes. We are at number seven, is that right? Okay, my number seven is the follow-up album to my number one album of 1978, and that's Candio by The Cars. Love this album so much. This was another album where this afternoon I was picking a song, and then I found myself kind of just listening to the whole thing. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. I... Man, it is so good. And this was, I mentioned earlier that a couple of hours ago, things shifted a little bit and this album jumped up a couple of notches for me. I, I, I really hadn't heard it for several weeks because I've just, I've lived with this album for 30 years or however long it's been. And so it's just like, well, I know this by heart. But actually listening to this afternoon, I was like, oh, this makes me so happy. <laughs> this is such <laughs> a great album. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, does tend to get overshadowed by their debut. But as I've said many times before, this is my favorite Cars album. Well, you're you're not wrong about it being an amazing album. And, and it definitely is. It's It's definitely an important album, you know, of the era. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad it's here, man. I, I, obviously we've listened to this album. I don't know how many times since we started this podcast and it never gets old for me. Yeah. Yeah. And despite the fact that we have featured many songs of this album, <laughs> I don't know yeah. off the top of my head, but I think it's more like, it's like, six or seven songs um still i had a hard time whittling it down between some of the um you know other options uh but i finally settled on uh the song double life which is just just a cool weird kind of laid back but yet somehow slightly dangerous sounding song um I like it a lot. It's it's sort of their 
the equivalent of moving in stereo off of their their first album. Oh yeah. fantastic album and, and a killer song it's it is to me it's like one of the almost the most flawless cars album you know mm-hmm. it is it's pretty fantastic so uh i guess we're up to my number seven yeah lay it on me oh boy so this is this is one of the bigger surprises to me and i'm probably so i'm sure it's going to be a big surprise to you but uh, my number seven is Lodger by David Bowie. Yeah, that is a surprise. Um, yeah. I was pleased to see that it um, it made Rowan's list as well. Is is this an album that, that the two of you listen to at the house often? Well, uh, since doing research and since doing the podcast, it's been playing a lot. So, uh-huh. And I mean way back to the point where even before we started the podcast, because we knew that we were going to be covering David Bowie at some point. Um, uh-huh. So so the album's been playing for, you know, uh, well, now, as you say, uh, for years. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I've, I've warmed up a lot to the album because it obviously mm-hmm. it wasn't one of my very favorite Bowie albums. Um, you know, we originally covered it back with we did, we did the deep dive with Bowie. Um, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. And I feel like to me, it just sounds like Bowie enjoyed making it. You know, I like this album a lot. This was so close to making my top 10. Um, it was, you know, this and Devo's second album were the two that, you know, kept popping up and then dropping off and popping up and then dropping off. Uh, such a great album. Do do we get to hear a song from this? Yeah, I mean, I'd love, I'd love for for that. But before we do, I, I just want to say that as far as its placement on my list, it has moved up and down, sliding both directions mm-hmm. uh, for a long time until I got the list finalized. At yeah, any rate, yeah, um, yeah. I want to hear Red Sails.
so glad to see it on your list. Um, we we both are huge Bowie fans, and um, I'm bummed that it couldn't make my list. So, all right, moving on to my number six, an album called "Cut by the Slits." Wow. Yes. Wow. This, very good. This season, I really discovered this album. Um, I I love it so much. And now I'm going to refer back to the conversation we had about the Wire album. So obviously no one would ever, ever confuse a slit song with a Wire song <laughs> off of any album, but especially right. these two albums. But what I love most about both of these albums is is the same sort of dynamic which is with every song they the gym the the creative artistic gymnastics that they do within the song they are they are taking pop forms and they are pushing and pulling and tweaking and it's like no moment is wasted on either of those albums. I mean, it's a completely different energy and they go in different directions. It's so improbable, improbable that they pull off what they pull off with this album. Right. I'm still like a little awestruck every time I listen to this album. Like, why the fuck does this work? This shouldn't work at all. And yet it does. <laughs> you're, uh, you know, you're talking about a couple of bands with a couple of albums and they are working, you know, musical gymnastics, but they're, this is, this is kind of a year for like a boom of, mm, uh, mm -hmm. of bands. And mm -hmm. so everybody's got to be unique in an ocean of punk and new wave. Somebody, yeah. they all have to be different if they're going to make it. And so, yeah. so they're really exercising those muscles and they're really doing it. So that's fantastic. Great choice. Well, I want to hear a song off this album. I want to hear New Town. Morning papers will bring you something flash. Make your bones shake. Keep busy your mind. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. I need another fix. So that puts us at my number six. And again, I'm just going to say it. This is going to surprise you a little bit. Uh, and it certainly did surprise me. So at number six, for me, I have the B-52s album, B-52s. Whoa, way low. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's that whole ocean of killer punk and new wave and post-punk music that, you know, there's so much happening and there's so much good stuff. And I really had to listen to all these albums and I shuffled them around. And until I feel like, yeah, this is actually 
exactly where it belongs on this list. So, um, wow, has, yeah. the, has the party ended at Rob's house? It's man, we're still partying. Come on, the B52s are still playing. <laughs> Um, so the, you know, there's just, there's some good energy in this album. The mood is awesome. They're super cool from the very first track. And it, it, I mean, literally doesn't stop until the album's over, but there's, there's a couple of songs on here that, um, that I feel like maybe could have been on a different album. And those songs kind of, kind of fumbled me up, you know, Mm. um, and, and again, it's not, I love every single song. It's not that I didn't like them. It's just, it kind of ruined the momentum for me while I was listening to it. And so even though I love the album and I enjoy it all the way through, you know, it's just one of those things that kind of slowed me up while I was in my groove. Mm. And, and, uh, and were those songs on side two? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but but again, you know, we we love the B-52s and we're going to keep listening to them. Um, they're just not in my top five this year. So, well, you, know. you you do live in the same abode as the woman who put this as her number one uh-huh. album. So I think um that ensures that the B-52s will continue to play in your household for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Despite this disgracefully low positioning for your list. <laughs> I know she has. Yeah. Um, we're, we're in different parts of the building right now. So um, I say this freely and openly, but uh, <laughs> I mean, still we, we love the B-52s. It's, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> like I said earlier, our our tastes are very similar, but ha- how strongly we feel about certain things is it, it differs, and and that certainly happens with this album. So wow, okay, cool. Well, let's just leave it at that and move on. We are we are halfway home. We're getting into the top five now, um, and so that puts me at my number five, which is. Ecstasy's Drums and Wires. Yeah. This started at number nine, and every time I listened to it, it inched up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. This is this is an impeccable album. I I love this album. This album makes me so happy when I listen to it. This is definitely, you know, 90% personal joy. Mm-hmm. Um decision making when i when i place it this high um what a great album um don't anticipate that it's going to make an appearance on your list but um most most ecstasy fans consider this one of the best ecstasy albums great well i i mean you know, I'm not sold on everything they do, and and at the same time, it is a fantastic album, and there were some points where I actually considered putting it on my top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not on my top five, though, as you, as you predicted. Yeah. However, yeah. I'm glad it's on yours. Let's listen to a cut called a Scissor Man. Scissor Man. 
this definitely has that ecstasy energy. It mm -hmm. definitely has the, I mean, the vocals are, are great. It's got that ecstasy, you know, flair um, that I, that I connect to ecstasy every time I hear it. And uh, you know, the guitars, the drums, it's, it's just a really cool tune, man. Yeah. Cool song. Well, you know, ecstasy, they are, they are excellent pop smiths. They've got, mm -hmm. um, great energy they're good musicians and to boot there are some important life lessons to be to be found if you listen to the lyrics like for instance in this song scissor man there is a line so be good and never poison people which i yeah. think is excellent <laughs> yeah. advice uh, it's i think everybody should live by that <laughs> yeah and if and if you don't, maybe you need to look at yourself and and make some changes. <laughs> and don't invite me over for dinner. Yeah, maybe not. For instance. <laughs> Great. Excellent. So I'm excited to hear what your number five is. Okay. Well, okay. So going into number five, I look at my number five pick and it still it hurts a little bit. It just hurts a little bit that this album is so low on my list but mm. uh it is i i from my number five album 1979 i have unknown pleasures by joy division okay yeah uh -huh. unknown pleasures it's uh again this is this is an album that's very consistent it's it's got this genuine feel to it it's dark it's kind of psychological it's kind of brooding it's and even though it sounds like it was recorded uh i don't know in a subway tunnel it's it's one of my favorite albums of all time i love this album and i i love joy division yeah. um however i just really think that there's so much more in 1979 that i enjoy listening to <laughs> you know yeah that that uh it's it's it, to me it only being at number five says says a lot um i'd like to hear a tune if we can off of this album absolutely let's yeah. do it okay, i want to hear well, some joy division let's uh let's play new dawn fades Excellent album. Didn't make my list. I uh, knew it would make your list. Um, so, Joseph, what's next? I'll tell you what's next. My number four album. Um, and I really, back and forth, back and forth for the last couple of days, it was Ecstasy and Gang of Four. What was going to be number four? What was going to be number five? But, um... I ended up giving the slight edge to Gang of Four's debut album, Entertainment, 
mostly because um, I am not an expert on Ganger 4. I, I'm very excited about exploring all of their um, material, but my sense is that this is the high point of their output, their debut album. I know that's not true for Ecstasy. I know that Ecstasy, it's just going to be triumph after triumph for them. Um, so rather than flipping a coin, that was sort of the deciding factor. Uh, I wish that I had been into this album. Uh, this album and the Splits albums, I think my my teenage years are a little less robust because they weren't part of my experience growing up. This is the energy is so high. They are they are so cool. I just I, I think this album is so cool. Like all of the choices that they're making on every level. Um uh just I get amped every time I listen to a song off of this album. I love this album. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great album for sure. And, you know, just incidentally, I, I was not even connected to the podcast at all. I was listening to uh, Guns Before Butter earlier today mm -hmm. and uh, and was just thinking kind of the same thing. What a, what a great album it was and how I wished that I had heard, you know, yeah. Gang of Four back in the day. One of the most underrated albums um, of 1979. I I know it gets a lot of recognition, but not nearly as much as it should in in my estimate estimation. So we we have heard a number of songs off of this album. Um, I have been holding off on playing um, probably the first Gang of Four I ever heard because it was included on the soundtrack to an, uh, a movie called Dogs in Space, I think. Um, and that is a song called Love Like Anthrax. gotta say that grungy guitar really gets me and uh, the grungy oh, bass uh, but but what really gets me is that that the after all that it's so mellow and and, and jaunty <laughs> and it it really kind of floored me man um i i like this song a lot and it's uh, yeah i don't I don't know how to describe it. It just makes me kind of, I don't know. It kind of makes me laugh. <laughs> I love this song so it's much. It's fun. It's <laughs> yeah. a very fun song. Okay. What is your number four? Okay. Oh boy. I, you know, the closer we get to number one, the, the more tense I'm feeling. 
and I know mm. what my list is, so I don't know why I'm feeling that way. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're not going to listen to a song just ahead of, ahead of time. We're not going to listen to a song off of this album, and I'll tell you why in a minute. So my number four is Candio by The Cars. Whoa! Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. So Who are you and what did you do with Rob? <laughs> so, of course, I think this is the only so far the only album that we've had that's overlapped, but um I'm just I'm listening to this album and I'm just laying back again. It, it, well, like you said, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm going to sample some of the songs and get a feel for it. No, I ended up listening to the whole album and I didn't just listen to it once. I listened to it a couple of times mm, mm. and, and, you know, I'm trying to filter out all the things that's going on in my head. That's like, yeah, what was I doing when I first heard this album? Cause this album played all through the freaking eighties, of course. Mm. Um, but to me, it just was a lot of fun to hear it, and it was just really good. It's such a good album, and and I feel like it's pretty flawless in my opinion. Mm, you know, it's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's pretty damn flawless. And I said it was one of the most flawless Cars albums. I just think it's a fantastic album. Period. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the reason why I didn't pick a song from it was because the song I really wanted to hear was Double Life. No. Oh. Yeah. So, and you already yeah. picked it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I had a feeling that would kind of throw you. I had Man, a feeling it would throw you. I never in a thousand years would I, 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 it even occur to me that you would, you would rank this higher than B-52's or Joy Division. That is astonishing. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah. so I am curious, do mm -hmm. you have a, pre a preference side one or side two? Yeah, uh, I think I found myself really kind of gravitating towards side one, um, really? uh -huh. mo mostly, but both sides of the album are great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really like the whole album. I'm a side two guy, and I actually, I always think that Candio is on side two because that song feels more like a side two song than a side one song for uh -huh. this particular album. Um Side one has more of the anthems and side two right. is kind of quirkier. And that that makes sense. I, I think you're a little bit more of an anthem guy than, than that's, I am. Yeah. And that's that's exactly right. I those those anthems are I mean, they're the biggest, most popular cars <laughs> songs. At the same time, again, those songs make me I mean, they make me feel good, you know? I just love them. I just love them. So number, number three, number three. Yeah. So I have used up my seven songs, um, for this episode. So the next three albums, we won't be listening to sample songs from. So my number three is the debut album by the specials. Um, this album makes me so happy. So <laughs> this is an excellent album. I love every song. And this is how great this album is. We have talked about this album a lot this season. And mm -hmm. you know what has never come up? What's that? The fact that this album, I think this is true, of all of the albums released in 1979, this is the album that has the most cover songs. Oh, never come up. You know how hasn't. I feel about cover songs. 
Well, no, no, never no. Come up. In your defense, in your defense, Joseph, if they're done well, yeah, then, then that's okay. So that's my number three album. Wow, that's very good. Um, so number three to me, um, again, I feel like I'm going to, I told you last episode at the end of the last episode that my list was going to surprise you and, mm-hmm. and you were like, I don't know. I think I kind of got you pegged. Um, but, uh, this again might surprise you. My number three is London calling by the clash. No, that doesn't um, surprise me at all. Yeah. Okay. Let's... Um, I, I think I've, I think I've got your top three pretty much dialed in pretty much what I expected. Okay. This is so exciting. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, uh, I'll just say it right now. I cannot imagine a top 10 79 list for you without the talking heads or Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. So go, go ahead and surprise me. Do it. I dare you. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, it's a cool, this album is like a cool mix of, uh, I'm listening to it just today. It's a cool mix of rockabilly, ska, politically charged war songs, uh, mm-hmm. and good old fashioned mm-hmm. fun. Um, I think it flows really well for the first half, gets a little bit sloppy, I think, about track 12. But mm-hmm. there are so many songs on this album. And, uh, and, and it's a good fun album. I mean, I, to me, this is, it's, I think it's just going to go down as one of my favorite albums of all time. It's, uh, it's a fantastic album by a fantastic band. And so that's why it's at my number three. And, uh, I don't have a song to play from it. I know we played a lot already. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, it's, I've, I've already, uh, getting close to using up my allotted and I'm going to save the last for, for the, for the last two songs or last two albums. So. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, my number two is an album that was number one for the longest time. But then when I broke out the two lists, um, that was sort of the deciding factor. Um, So it kicked it down a notch. That is the B-52's debut album, the B-52's. I'm I'm with you that the... um, you know, it kind of peters out towards the end, mm-hmm. uh, but still, it's still so good. I've said this before. I'll say say this again. For this period, for the B-52s, a weak B-52 song is better than most bands' best song. Here, um, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I just, I can't think of a single thing new to say about this album i've been blathering about it all season um and (laughs) it is my second favorite album of 1979 all right well uh my second favorite album of 1979 is no surprise to you that's Mm -hmm. fear of music by the talking heads Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so i'm listening i'm listening to this album constantly and i can't imagine it coming out in 1979 you know coming out in 1979 and not everyone being into it at the time you know it just seems to me that it's one of those albums that everybody at the time had to have loved and i i I mean obviously i'm not right but but it just it baffles me why doesn't everybody love it Mm, um mm -hmm. it mixes up song styles quite a bit but it's still very cool it's still very talking heads you know and um again it's this is another one of my all-time favorite albums i love this album 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you nailed it when you couldn't imagine a top, you know, top 10 list without talking heads. And there it is. Mm-hmm. So, so I did pick a song from this album and it is my very favorite song. Uh, my very favorite talking head song, I believe. Mm. And, uh, it's a song called heaven. Yeah, that was, that was just a matter of time. talking about talking heads and slip into my number one album which is Fear Music <laughs> by Talking no. Heads. No, nice. it's not the Cure album. You, you <laughs> like that little that little misdirect there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so you know when you were mentioning a couple of minutes ago about how this album sometimes gets a little overlooked when it comes to talking heads i noticed that too um and of course i wasn't really aware of talking heads until stop making sense came out and burning down the house and you know they they went to a new level of visibility here in the united states yeah crazy fame yeah and at that point like all of the older, cooler kids kind of poo-pooed, stopped making sense. And they all, and to this day, I think it's true. I, I, I don't know for certain, but my suspicion is that like Rolling Stone magazine and all of the like music snobs and critics um, remain in light really seems to be like the most revered of the albums and i think it's a good album um Mm -hmm. i don't like it nearly as much as fear of music or speaking in tongues um i i would say that it is overrated compared to other talking heads albums and i think that that uh a lot of people think of fear of music as sort of like um a preamble to remain in light uh, which oh, I think is is unfair because Fear of Music is flawless from beginning to end. Yeah, there are one. no lags, no lulls. Um, every single song is consistent. It's all exists very nicely in its own little ethos, yep. but is distinct and is weird and interesting and funny. And quite often heartbreaking at, uh, all at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, um, last episode, we listened to the song Animals, which is just 
exhibit A on why this album is my very favorite album of 1979. And I cannot imagine that it won't make the final list. So no song from me on this album. So that leaves just one question. Is Susie and the Banshees sophomore album join hands your favorite album of 1979 oh my god Susie and the Banshees is so amazing Joseph you know they didn't make my list what they didn't make my list uh so I want to tell you I damn near cried I mean (laughs) that is crazy yeah so Susie and the Banshees bounced around my top 10 from one point to the other for so long. And I really had to like, like, like we talked about, I had to step back and go, okay, I'm listening to this stuff. What is really making me happy right now? What am I really enjoying out of these albums that we covered? Okay. Don't say anything Mm -hmm. because this opens a wide, wide open. I want to, I want to speculate here. I want to, I want to enjoy this moment. This is, this is, tantalizing tangible um and i want to i want to milk it for all it's worth so <laughs> so this this really like opens everything up yeah. and i'm thinking here real quick and just based on what i know about you and your past things that you've said in the past mm-hmm. um uh in regards to two specific albums my guess is that it is either the Gary Newman album or the Japan album. Mm. So that's it. That's, that's, that's my final answer, Alex. Those are also good guesses. So, so Gary Newman's album bounced around for a long time in my top five. It went Mm -hmm. back to my top 10, back to my top five, and then just leaked out the back and is not Mm. on my list at all. Mm -hmm. As far as Japan, I love Japan. And as uh, as somebody once said, it's the uh, it's the best it's the best Duran Duran album ever. Um, mm-hmm. No, it however did not make my top ten list. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I give up then. So so this one, I told you I was going to surprise you, and and the reason I knew I was going to surprise you was because it shocked the fuck out of me. So <laughs> so my number one album for 1979. Is an album that I just kicked back, I laid back, listened to it, just kind of, kind of, you know, immersed myself in. I just was, I, I, I melded with the album while I was. Robbing Gristles. Oh my God, I wish. No, no, no. no. <laughs> You're uh, not that cool. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, uh, this is Regatta de Blanc by the police. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, I'm telling you, man, for a band that had yeah. so much drama internally, okay, mm-hmm. there was so much going on with them. The work that they put together, the work that they put out together, the albums that they created were phenomenal. Like, how do you kick out that pro- that kind of product when when you've got a diva like Sting walking out because he doesn't like the album, so he's not going to be on the song, or he doesn't like the song, so he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be on the song. How do you I mean, obviously the band falls apart, 
But in the meantime, the professionalism, the the talent, the skills these guys had, the the album was incredible. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't actually know the timing of the sort of disintegration of the relationship between the the band members, uh, right? I mean, it, it it could be that they're still in their honeymoon moon period yeah, on their well on their be. second yeah. album, their yeah. their third album. Uh, when uh, you know Tony told us about the 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 uh, fight that they had over yeah. um, the instrumental. Um, song off of that album that ended up winning a Grammy. Um, but there, there may, may or may not have been, a um, acrimony at this point. This was early enough in their career. So solid, such a good album. Yeah. My, my favorite police album. Yeah. And if you had asked me this a year ago, I would have laughed in your face. Mm. I would have laughed mm. in your face and said my top five, are going to be Susie and the Banshees, The Cure, uh, maybe Gary Newman, um, you know, Iggy Pop. And mm-hmm. and to look at this now, it, it totally turned my world upside down. I mean, these this was such a good year for music. Yeah. And, and yeah, one of the best. I really, I really had to go with my heart and go, okay. Yeah. I, it's time to kill my darlings, man. What's going to make me, what's, what do I like right now? What do I enjoy? And so that's why I picked uh, Regatta de Blanc. Excellent. Do we get to hear a song? I did pick a song, yeah. Um, I decided for uh, my number one pick, No Time This Time. beginning of this episode i said a truth which is now no longer true so <laughs> at the beginning of this episode i said that there were no lists that had the same album as number one mm-hmm. and um we have received a submission from one of our listeners that lists this album as their number one pick oh so, wow so yeah so the police is regatta de blanc is breaking the barrier of whatever this barrier is to <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, that's breaking cool. Breaking the deuce barrier. You know, so listener, uh, good choice of albums. I, I am completely with you there. Uh, what a, tr- what a tremendous, what a tremendous album. What a tremendous record these guys put out. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So that is our top 10 list for 1979. Now I did threaten um, a second list. So let's go over that now. We'll try and keep this short. We don't have a ton of time left. Um, But 
This is my list of the most significant albums of 1979, the ones that are the most notable, um, surprising, and exciting. So my number 10 pick, and there is some overlap um, between my two lists. My number 10 pick is Cowboy International. This was quite a surprise. Um, and I guess I could get more excited about this album if I liked bands like Wang Chung. <laughs> because this is this is sort of the granddaddy of that sort of pop new wave sound. Um, really um, pioneers in that direction. It's just, and I think you and I both agreed that uh, unfortunately the music itself was, we found pretty bland. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine is um, Public Image Limited's second album, Metal Box, also known as Second Edition, um, for very obvious reasons. Um, they, uh, they, when I say they, I really mean he. Um, so, f first of all, <laughs> Editing last episode, we, you know, because we featured a song off of that album. This might be one of the most analogy albums I think I've ever heard. The bass is just outrageous on this album. Um, uh, you know, to the point where it just completely screwed with my levels in the mix. Um, just. It had to be intentional, had to, you know, Johnny Lydon must have just said, I want this to be all about the bass because it's, it's kind of out of control. Um, my number eight is the specials, kind of the pinnacle of post-punk um, ska. Number seven is Gary Newman, and I'm just, I'm, Doing both albums, but really mostly the Pleasure Principle, because this he is he's got this whole new sound um, that obviously uh, is going to leave a pretty big impact on the direction that synthesizer new wave is going to go in the future. Number six is Bill Nelson's Red Noise for kind of all of the reasons that I've already stated. Um, just giving a whole new different kind of energy, um, that's, that we're going to see a lot in the eighties. Number five is punishment of luxury. Um, really sounding like Mr. Bungle eight years before Mr. Bungle sounds like Mr. Bungle. Actually, I think it's more like 10 years. I don't think Mr. Bungle releases their first LP until, 1990, I think. Um, and just uh, extraordinary production for this kind of music. Number four is Japan. Um, they are kind of paving the way for the new romantic movement. Number three, Joy Division. Duh. Nice. Mm -hmm. Number two... The Clash, London Calling, uh, kind of really the the first album to prove that there is life beyond punk. Um, I'm not implying that they are the first punk band to do a 
non-punk album, far from it, but arguably they're the first ones to do it successfully. Um, and, you know, people love The Clash for stuff other than the punk stuff. And then number one is the B-52s because nice. they put the fun in New Wave. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So so that is that is my a, most significant albums of 1979. That's a great list. Uh, if I might, I'd like to give a list of my honorable mentions. Of course. Um, yeah. So sad that a lot of these couldn't make. Actually, sad that that all of them couldn't make it into my list. But uh, I do have, you know, I have ten that I really was hoping would be in there and didn't get in there. So I'll just zip through them really quick. Um, uh, number 10 is The Human League's Reproduction. Mm. Number 9, The Adverts with Cast of Thousands. Really? Number, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And I, the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. Um, number 8, Angelic Upstarts with Teenage mm -hmm. Warning. Mm -hmm. Number uh, 7, Jimmy and the Boys, who I found that I really, really enjoy. And I'm going to be listening to them a lot more lately just to kind of pick up on them so jimmy and the boys with not like everybody else they they have a couple more albums to come out right yeah well i'm looking cool. yeah yeah i'm looking that, forward to them that'll be fun um no no peeking ahead that's right not <laughs> at all um so number let's see number six was the pretenders album the pretenders mm -hmm. uh number five was blondie's eat to the beat mm. number four was japan with quiet life Mm -hmm. uh, number three, Susie and the Banshees join hands. There so it is. Susie. Yeah. So sad. Um, and, uh, number, uh, excuse me. Number two is wires one, five, four. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And, uh, number one would have been Gary Newman's pleasure principles. Mm -hmm. So, uh, some of those albums you predicted would be in my top five. And, you know, honestly, when I just threw them together, they were in the top five. And yeah. the more I got into it, they just kind of filtered out yeah. slowly. So, yeah. Yeah. but what a fantastic year for music, Joseph. I've discovered something about, about myself. I get really excited. It's almost giddy when I see somebody cite an album or a song favorite of theirs, which is one that you and I sort of like dismissed. Mm -hmm. I, I just, oh, totally. I get really excited. It's, it's, yeah. it's so nice. I mean, it is so nice to, to see kind of through other people's eyes and get a different yeah. perspective. And like, for instance, um, one of the submissions that we got, the album didn't make their list, but their favorite song of the year was um, a song by Cowboy International. Nice. Never, never would have guessed that that would happen. Um, and uh, we will definitely feature that when we get to the favorite songs of 79 bonus episode. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just, I am tired and kind of um, a little burnt out, but also very excited and having so much fun um, as, as these lists roll in. Absolutely. What a great year. 
Well, uh, we came in on an album that just barely missed my top 10. So I think it's only fair that we go out uh, with a song off of an album that just barely missed your top 10. Uh, anything pop to mind? Yeah, uh, let's let's hear I'm Not Like Everybody Else by Jimmy and the Boys. Jimmy and the Boys. <laughs> okay, fun. Fun. Okay. We're going to go out on some fun, Rob. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Season three will be in the bag, and we will know what the top 10 albums of 1979 are for Punkin' New Wave, according to our audience. We'll see you, everybody. Yeah.